0: Welcome to Her Wild Side Hockey Podcast. I am your hostess, Mickey, uh, a.k.a. Hockey She Wrote on social media. And welcome. So I was going to record this podcast yesterday, which was Monday, the day after the Wild versus Chicago Blackhawks game. Life got in the way. Here you get it today, and I'll record another one tomorrow for today's game. (laughs) That's just how it is. Um, So... First of all, this is episode 10 of this podcast and I am I've been absolutely floored by the response. The the downloads and the people that enjoy it and I want to say thank you for listening and I hope you continue listening. I know that I am not the most professional podcaster and I will tell you why, which is because my entire life I don't like to listen to recordings of my voice. I don't like to watch videos of myself doing anything really. So I do this all in one take and except for the times I had to stop to cough. (laughs) I just, I don't edit it. I don't stop it. I don't edit it. I just go with it. So hopefully you guys are okay with my rambling and meandering. Um, it's just, yeah, thank you. Uh, one thing you could do for me is wherever you are listening. If you're listening on a podcatcher like Spotify or, uh, Apple, podcasts, you could rate and review, and that helps other listeners find my podcast. Not required, but if you feel like it. So I was actually in arena for the Wild versus Blackhawks game, which was very exciting. I will tell you, it was a little different for me because I brought my six-year-old, I almost said five-year-old, he just had a birthday, my six-year-old with me. You know that a lot of times these are my brother's tickets, technically. So a lot of times I'm with my brother or at least another adult. So it's nice because on Sunday, I think I heard, is it time to go home yet? Like 25 times after the first period, the first period he kept pretty well, you know, in check. And then after that, I just had to keep buying him food. And I'm going to say this. My son has a bunch of food allergies. But we were actually able to find a few things that he could have. Uh, We said on club level, but there is a new, was it, I think, Grand Old Creamery ice cream. And they have a dairy-free raspberry sorbet. And it was great. He loved it. I actually ate some of it too. It was so tasty. And I was so happy to see that he could have something that is just so fun. We also had french fries, which are always good. Gummy worms. We were able to find quite a few things. And I love that. They are taking their food choices and expanding a little bit more. The one thing that I get excited for every single time I am in person at a game this year specifically is the hype video before they do the starting lineup. Every year I've I've loved the in arena hype video this year has beaten them all when they start the born to be wild song. It just like I just want to go feral. And sometimes I do because that's just how I am at a game. But it's just so good. And there's so much to watch. Again, my six year old loved it. They have the smoke and the fog. They've got the video going on. They have the light show on the ice. There are so many things that it really is a great way to capture uh, people's attention, kids attention. (sighs) One thing I do want to address, and I know this is kind of a me problem. I'm going to talk about cup holders. I sit on club level, and on club level, we have discovered, my brother and I, that our cup holders are to our left. And we know that because we sit on an aisle to our right. We're the first two, number one and number two. And we have a cup holder between us, and we have a cup holder on my left side. This is mirrored for you, so you know, switch around in your brain. But I hate when people try and take My cup holder, like. You only get one cup holder, it's one per person. And unless people are not sitting there, don't take the other one. And the other thing that bugs me is people don't pay attention to the cup holders next to them. So I have had to actually just take my drink out of the cup holder and hold it because the person next to me is like dragging their jacket in it. So anyway, just, you know, be mindful of cup holders. That is the end of my PSA for today. This Blackhawks game that happened on Sunday was, I call it the meeting of the rookies. Obviously you've got Connor Bedard with Chicago. And then over on the Minnesota wild side, you've got Marco Rossi and you've got Brock Faber. I'm going to just, I'm going to rave a little bit about our rookies this year. And I know that I'm not alone. And I know that people have heard this before. This is not new information. First of all, Rossi and Faber are the two that held this team together during those first, what, 19 games or whatever that were just terrible. They seem to be the only bright spots. Rossi was the only one that was scoring consistently, and and that's his role. You know, he is there to be a goal scorer, and he was, and Faber was there, and I mean, I have to say, you know, obviously, we know Brodine is always going to be fantastic. But the fact that Faber could step in next to him and also be fantastic helped hold things together. Now, obviously, Connor Bedard is great. He's a generational talent. He is just so offensively gifted. It's very fun to watch him. But I'm a little bit proud that the Wild limited him to one assist. And that was it. Now, I've been thinking about the Calder Trophy. Which goes to the rookie, rookie of the year, basically. Everybody thinks that Bedard is a shoe-in. And I understand why, because again, he is a generational talent. But that does not mean that he should be a shoe-in. You look at Brock Faber, and just because he does not put up points, because he's a defenseman, you know, people tend to rule out defensemen because they don't see the skills that he has that keep the puck out of the wilds net, but he has started a little more to be a little more offensive, <laughs> offensive, not like saying bad stuff. Um, I need to stop making myself laugh. Uh, also non-professional here I am, but he does have 10 points on the season Faber does Only one goal, but he's got nine assists. And you know what? He's going to get more because they've been exploring putting him on the power play. And I have a feeling that in tonight's game, he'll be running the second unit. Jared Spurgeon obviously will run the top one. But I think Faber gets it over Goligosky. And it makes sense. But it is nice that we also have Goligosky. So again, when Spurgeon was out, then we still had Goose up on the first unit and Faber on the second. So. I guess what I'm saying is that while Bedard seems like a shoe-in, let's not rule out Rossi also. Rossi is putting up points, and he is he is second to only Connor Bedard in rookies for points and goals as of right now. He is right there with him, even if it's even if he's just slightly under. He is right there with him. And don't rule out Brock Faber. There was a great story in the athletic today. Today? Yesterday? Sometime. <laughs> Where um Dom did the like the top ten rookies for the Calder as of right now, rock Faber was number one because not only does he have a great defensive score of plus two point seven on this scale, he also has an an offense score that is above zero, you know, so not only is he defensive, he is also starting to put up points. Keep him in mind, folks. <laughs> Now, the Blackhawks game. I'm a little sad every time I'm in the rink and Marcus Foligno is not in the starting lineup because, and I was a little sad because my five or six-year-old was there too, because it's always so much fun when they announce him and everyone goes, moose. I'm sure that's lovely on the video. I really wanted my son to like be able to do that, but he wasn't in the starting lineup. It is what it is. Now, Rossi, right away. His second shift on the ice during this game, a tip in from a long shot from Faber. He was left completely alone out front. I think at that point, they kind of started to see that, you know, like maybe we should actually be covering Rossi because like he is good. But they also then kind of right after, not right after, but the next kind of big event was Spurgeon going down with an injury. So let me tell you the the kibosh that that put on the happiness in the rank in arena, they did not show a replay. So all we saw was him get smashed into the boards, fall on the ice and be unable to get up. And when that put the fear of God in me, I didn't even know what to do. And again, there was no replay. So everybody in the rink is just sitting there quietly. They were not announcing anything. They didn't have anything on, which is a respectful thing to do when someone is injured. But it was just so like, is he okay? Is he, what happened? I actually had to uh, go on Twitter and find a replay because I was so concerned and just needed to see exactly what happened. So Spurgeon left. And to be honest, all of us in rink, it looked like a season ending, sort of an injury or like a significant amount of the season injury. So automatically it was like, all right, we got to shift how we're thinking here. You know, this is going to be, this is going to be tough. We had another power play where the Blackhawks actually got a breakaway. Flurry managed to stop it because Flurry was in top notch shape. Not only has Gus Buss gotten back on his game, Flurry is on his game too. They are both back to that tandem that we saw last year and knock on wood that they stay. During that power play, Rossi got another goal. And this one, this is where Faber had stepped on and he was, I know he was running the power play unit and Faber did this no look pass and it managed to get up to Rossi and he tipped it in so good. And what I loved and everybody wanted a hat trick for him so bad, everybody. But what I loved is I think the people who wanted it the most for him were Zuki and Karel. Because they were feeding him pucks for the rest of the game like crazy. And unfortunately, he did not get that hat trick. But even the two goals was amazing. I am so just going wild over how Rossi is doing. Everybody who last year said he was a bust. And even, you know, preseason, oh, he's a bust. You know what? He's developed in his own time. These two, This two goal game was amazing. Before the first period even ends, we're still in the first period here. I'm still looking at my first period notes. We had one more goal where it was a, a classic Kirill Kaprizov to Matt Zuccarello, slapped it into the goal, done, boom. We left the first up 3-0. This season, I have been in person for a few losses or a few that... We're so close that it felt like you couldn't really be that excited. Can I tell you how excited I was? Just we had a lead, <laughs> like a real lead, not just like a one-goal lead, like a real lead. Moving on, second period, another power play goal. This one was a boldly in, again from Matt Zuccarello, and it, I'm gonna come back to Zuki later. I have some stats written down for him. We are gonna discuss him because holy shimoli. But all of a sudden, amazingly, Spurgeon is back on the bench, not only back on the bench, he's back on the ice skating and looking completely like himself. We don't know what happened. All we know is he had an injury and now he is not injured. He's back in the game tonight against the Calgary Flames on, on, um, while on Seventh Podcast, Ryan Carter was kind of saying that it could possibly just be something where his leg got hit and it was like, you know, like a dead foot or a dead leg where he just couldn't use it at that moment. But it wasn't like an actual injury. It's just it needed to rest and, you know, get back to normal. So I'm kind of assuming that's what it was. But when I noticed him on the ice, it's one of those things where my six-year-old, like I'm going crazy and my six-year-old is like, my mom is crazy. Like, what are we doing here? And we ended that period 4-0. Oh, one more thing. So first of all, this was a Felino versus Felino game, which is always very fun and a little confusing. And this time I got to say, you know what, Nick Felino? Why are you beefing with Marco Rossi? Why are you beefing with him on the face-off dot? Because that is n- not only super rude, like... He's just a little guy. He is just a a rookie little guy. Do not shove him. But Rossi handled it well because that's the sort of man he is. Third period. Chicago finally scores on the power play. So it took them a power play to actually score on us. That's when Bedard got his assist. And I got to say at that moment, I, I was very careful to not say the words shut out until after they scored. And then I was like, no, shutout." out. I was really hoping for one right at the end of the game. They get the fourth line out there to really just shut down the game. They were rolling lines. They were rolling defensive partners. I love how they've been doing this. Faber also had this play and I keep looking for a video of it and I don't think anybody clicked it, but Brock Faber broke up this play where Bedard is headed down the ice, and it was just a great rookie-on-rookie where Faber just kind of showed why he's in contention for the caller. Marc-Andre Fleury was excellent. He saved 33 out of 34 shots on goal. And he... I I just can rave about him. My brother and I, just this morning, we're talking about how even though his contract is up in Minnesota this year and people are assuming he could retire, he honestly doesn't need to retire. He is not in any way slowing down or not being able to make those big saves. At the beginning of the year, it was kind of a little iffy, but he's come right back. He is 39 years old and he can do the splits like crazy. He is so fast. He is so acrobatic. I just, I'm in awe of him. I am in awe of him. The other great thing is there were nine straight perfect penalty kills before the Wild finally had the opponent score on a power play. We also had two power play goals this game. I don't know if you remember. It's okay if you have selective memory and you want to just put all the bad memories in the, behind you for hockey. There was not any power play that we could score on and any penalty kill where we could keep a puck out of the net for the first how many games. And now they had nine straight perfect penalty kills in a row throughout three games before they finally had an opponent score. They also scored on two power plays. I am not going to say that special teams is solved. But I hope this is a show that we can actually depend on both penalty kill and power play to do what they need to do. Now, anyone who went in person on Sunday, I always forget about this until I'm going to the game, but it was the dreaded Minnesota Wild game on the same weekend as the game and Ice Fishing Expo. And when I tell you that every time that that happens, even though I come early, you know me, I am usually the first one at the gate when it opens. So I am here early. I usually have no trouble finding parking. I park across the street in the ramp that is, you know, right across the skyway. And it's fine. Everything was full. Everything was full. And what's funny is it did not even dawn on me. Until a little later, like why that was. I just thought, wow, so many people are coming really early. I mean, I guess it's a day game, but this is like, wow. No, nope, it was the Game and Ice Fishing Expo. I really need to look at the dates for that and put that on my calendar so I know if there's a game at the same time. We are going to have, it's not a new segment, but I came up with a name. Forest segments. So this is all the miscellaneous stuff kind of at the end of my notes that I'm just throwing out miscellaneous stuff that I want to talk about. And I'm going to call it future considerations in a bag of pucks. It's long, but I like it. That's what it is. They announced today that the NHL 2024 draft is going to be in the Las Vegas sphere. And can I just tell you, I agree with whoever on Twitter was saying that at least one person is going to fall down those steps. I don't know if you have seen the inside of the sphere. Someone's going to fall down. I'm not going to wish ill on anybody and, and hope it's any specific person. But someone is just, they're going to fall. I, I don't like the Las Vegas sphere anyway, side note. But then after, so in 2025, they're going to decentralize the draft. Having them all in one place is the fun of the draft. Seeing the players go up, that's what's fun about the draft. The 2020 draft was hard because it was not in person. But the fact that they want to go back to that, I understand that then they don't have to have, you know, they don't have to pay out as much money. Although, let me say, if they wanted to save a little money in the NHL draft, they probably didn't need to get the Las Vegas Fair. (sighs) but they take away all of the fun stuff. We can't have specialty jerseys. We're not supposed to have all these fun nights. We're not supposed to do any like fun accessories. They're going to decentralize the draft. They're going to, I mean, it's just, we're trying to grow the game here. The draft is something fun. I actually watched it for like the first time, like the whole thing this past summer. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing them, like the guys walk up on stage and how happy and excited they are. I don't know if it's going to be the same. Now, I talked about listening to the Wild on 7th podcast this week. This week they had Connor Dewar as their guest. And first of all, great guest. I'm very glad that he tried pesto for the first time because I also enjoy it. I know it's something that's a little divisive. But we also, so we got clarity on the Dewey 1, Dewey 2, right? Dewham is Dewey 1, Dewar is Dewey 2. We all knew, but then he comes out and says that he doer is known as Big Do, and they did not follow up for any clarity on that as to why he is Big Do. He is not bigger. Is it because they, they, apparently they call do him Little D? I don't know. It just they have so many. Nicknames And it's just, I, I don't know. I wanted to know, uh, was that just simply like a, um, you know, when there's a bald guy and they call him Curly? Or what? Uh, Jake Milton had a the new Duke Cannon commercial come out. He is the best spokesperson that they could have chosen from the entire team. So props to Duke Cannon. Also, I feel like Middleton could absolutely go into commercials and stuff when he is done with his hockey career, because he is just so funny. Uh, during the game with the Blackhawks, uh, during a commercial break, they did a this or that with Karel Kaprizov. And at one point they ask fishing or golf. And he picked golf. From what I have heard, he is not a good golfer. There was that shot of him at the golf tournament where he just about nails some guy in the head with a ball. <laughs> I mean, I know he's a little better than that normally, but but at the same time, he's such an outdoorsman. I thought for sure he would pick fishing. I just, you know, it's it's surprising. I want to give major snaps to the Boston Bruins. They had their Hockey is for Everyone night, and they went above and beyond. First of all, they had Six different, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Six different people on the ice, and each one represented representative. There we go. Each one represented a different uh, segment. So uh, I don't remember all of them, but there was like special hockey. There was LGBTQ plus um, league. There was sled hockey. But there were six of them, and that was great, first of all. But then they had the picture, and they made their stairs into rainbow steps. Amazing. Just, I love it. I love it so much. They're like, we can't, we're not supposed to do jerseys. We're not supposed to do tape. You know what? We're just going to turn the entire rink into a rainbow. That's how you do things. That's how you stick it to the man, folks. Another thing is the Arizona Coyotes have become an absolute wagon. They dethroned Las Vegas Knights, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Colorado Avalanche, and the St. Louis Blues. So four of the past Stanley Cup winners, they beat them four games in a row. Yotes coming from nowhere. I love it. for Valstead, everybody's favorite baby goalie. Not a baby, I know. Once again, for the second time this season, was named the AHL Player of the Week. During that week, he went 2-0-0, 1.50 goals against, and a .965 save percentage. He currently, or at least as, as of two days ago, leads the AHL in save percentage. And during one of those games that he won, he made 43 saves. That was his, a career high. And I believe over the weekend he let in or between those two games, he let in three goals and stopped like 80 some. This kid is amazing. A fun fact that I learned this week. And it's one of those things that my brother was just astounded that I did not know when I was telling him about how Fleury only needs four more wins to become the second most winning goalie in NHL history. I said, he's going to have to pass Patrick Roy. And I had heard Patrick Waugh before. Can I just say that I know it's French and I did not take French. So that's kind of my defense. In no world would I have connected those. Thankfully, my brother was like, you need to learn how to say that so you don't do it on your podcast. But I'm doing it on purpose on my podcast. Just so you all know, just in case anybody else is wondering. Excuse me. Last of all, I'm going to talk about Matt Zugarello. This man is 36 years old and playing the best hockey of his entire life. And that has been said every year since he and Karel Kaprizov have partnered up. But it's true every single year. He's played 22 games this season, and there are only four of those games where he's not on the score sheet at all. At the same time, there are six of those games that are multi-point games for him. He's currently on a nine-game point streak, which a few days ago, I'm not sure if this is still true. He was second in the league for longest point streak. But during those nine games, he has 13 points, three goals, 10 assists. He is also on track for career highs this year in both points and assists. Right now, if he keeps going at this clip, he is on track for 97 points and 20 assists. Getting better with age. It's not just wine, folks. I am in awe. Because I am around his age. And I just, you know what? Yes, mid 30s, not old. If anyone thinks that, just know that it's not. And I need to really wrap this up because it's gone longer than I wanted to. But there is a Four game road trip that they left for. I am sorry for anyone on central time, but it is West coast time and I'm not going to go into the whole, I know how time zones work. And I know that different people have to watch them at different times and it's very inconvenient. I get it. I'm just saying during this West coast trip, it's a lot of late nights. Tonight's Calgary flames. And I just hope that we can come back from this road trip with, I would love six points. Let's say that I would love six points. That would be a realistic goal. So until next time, uh, keep the good vibes and let's keep going out there and supporting our wild.